the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you were a fruit tree, would there be enough fruit to pick off of you? Let's talk about that next. Join us. So you're a fruit tree. You've got maybe 10 or 15 years out in the field, and the other fruit trees around you are producing all kinds of fruit, but you, nothing. What does that really say about you? What does that say about any of us who find ourselves in that predicament? Well, today we're going to take a look at the importance of fruitfulness, spiritually speaking. We're in John chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. We're going to see how and what fruitfulness is all about. So take a few moments and join us. We're Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Here's Pastor Napoleon now. Join us. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He says, against such there is no law. And those who are, are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. He says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This is a part of being fruitful. What is God is producing in you? And He gives us some insight into what He's producing. He says, love. This is an aspect of what God is doing to make you and I fruitful. What is what He's doing in us? He says, not only love, but He says, joy. The joy of the Lord becomes our strength and it should cause us to be the most joyful people on this planet. All of us should have some joy in life. Amen. I mean, hey, I know sometimes you go through valleys and, and I'll give you a few days to whine and stuff. But at some point in time, the Holy Ghost has got to kick in. Can I have an amen? The Holy Ghost got to kick in on the inside. And you can, you can be going through things and still have a smile on your face. Amen. And, and you see, we got to stop letting the devil steal our joy. I refuse to let the devil steal my joy. Amen. God done brought me this far. I know he's not going to leave me now. I might as well start shouting anyhow. Can I have an amen? Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're not dead yet. We're crying over spilled milk and God's saying, wait, I'm still here. We should have joy in life. Why? Because this is the fruit of the Spirit of God. This is what He's pr- producing in us. He says love. He says joy. He says peace. Saints, the Holy Ghost is producing this on the inside of you. Let me say this to you. Go to bed. Tell the devil to beat it. Get out of here. God's got this. Peace. We think we really anointed if we stressed out, worried. No. 
Saints, the Holy Spirit, he wants you to bear fruit. And what he's bearing is something that is in you. He's producing something in you. It's called peace. It's called long-suffering. It's called kindness. It's called goodness. It's called faithfulness. It's called gentleness. It's called self-control. He says, against such things there is no law. Who's going to bother you if you're doing these things? God will justify you when you're doing these things. And so when Jesus says here in John chapter 15, he says, every breast in me that does not bear fruit, he says he takes away. Understand that it's his expectation that God, you're going to do, it should be our expectation that God, you're going to do something through me, but you're also doing something in me. In me. I'm bearing fruit within because of my connection with you. And I'm being a blessing to other people because of my connection to you. But then he goes down in verse three, verses 3 and 4, and he kind of gives us some insight into how we get to this place where it just becomes a lifestyle for us to become fruitful in life. He says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Look at verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in a vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So everything we just highlighted in terms of what God is doing through us and in terms of what God is doing in us, it happens as a result of us staying connected or abiding in the vine. And this is important. The word abide, it means to remain, to dwell. It means to live. And I like this. It means to rest. To rest. To abide means to rest. There's, an, there's, a, there's a yielding aspect to it. That I'm resting in God. You know, sometimes in our walks with God, and I have experienced this firsthand, and I have a badge for it. Sometimes in life, we can become wrestlers with God. Is there no one in this room that's ever wrestled with God over something? That instead of your relationship with God being, and I thank God that hopefully I continue to stay beyond that place now. Instead of us remaining, dwelling, living, and resting in God, we're constantly wrestling with God. And as a result of that, there is no peace. And we're not seeing the fruit that we would like to see in our life because it's just a wrestling match. And so for us, we've got to learn that there's, a, there's a, a rest aspect, a resting aspect to our relationship that, we, that we've got to embrace. And then out of that, we become fruitful the way God wants us to become fruitful. But it doesn't stop here, the definition of this word. It means to remain united with Him, one with Him, in heart, mind, and I like this, and will. To abide. To remain united with him in heart, mind, and will. There is no fruit until we begin to join our hearts together with Christ. Until we begin to take upon the mind of Christ. Until we begin to yield our will to Christ. What happens to a lot of people is they become self-righteous and they look good externally. But they're not producing true fruit that comes as a result of Christ because they haven't yielded their heart, 
their mind and their will to God and truly become yielded to him. And so we can only fake it for a little while. But after a while, things begin to come up. And this is what Jesus was dealing with with the Pharisees because they looked a certain way externally, but internally he, he knew that they weren't fruitful. They weren't bearing fruit. They weren't connected to him. They basically and essentially had just created their own religious system and were playing by their own rules. But what Jesus is looking for is for us to abide, to remain united with him, one with him in heart, mind, and will. And this happens um, when we learn the, the art of yielding. We learn to stop wrestling with God. And just yield to what God is doing in our life. Remember, it's his job to produce it in us. It's our job to let him do it. Amen. Amen. Now, a couple of things we're going to do to get into this position of abiding and remain in this position. Saints, we've got to have a prayer life. There's no way we can learn to, to abide in Christ if we don't pray. We don't allow ourselves to be... To come before God and to develop a consistency in prayer so that we begin to capture God's heart and he begins to hear our heart. And in that, a trust is developed over a period of time. we got to get into the word. We're going to see this as we go down here. The word of God is going to help to reshape the way that we think and it's going to help us to deal with will issues. We have to read the word of God. we got to fellowship. If I'm going to learn how to abide, I want to get around some people that I know are abiding. The club is not going to help you to abide. Can I have an amen up in here? Let that church say amen. <laughs> but this is what happens. We think, you know, hey, we up in there doing the cabbage patch. And, Whoa, the Lord is blessed. You know, no, you're not going to be fruitful. <laughs> the cabbage patch is not going to produce fruit in your life. And don't act like you don't know what the cabbage patch is. <laughs> Some of y'all laughing too much up in here. Saints, listen. We got <laughs> to understand that it's going to take fellowship. I got to get around people that I know are doing this. And they're going to help me to do this. And to learn how to yield and to walk with God. So that I truly do become fruitful in my life. And then another thing that we do to help produce an abiding presence of the Lord and abiding Christ is learn how to fast. Fasting. Fasting. Deny your flesh will bring you to a place of humility and submission to where God can begin to speak to you, talk to you, commune with you, and get a hold of our wills so that He can direct us in the way in which He wants to direct us. When we abide... God begins to make us fruitful, and we will not be fruitful unless we learn to abide in Him. And so, saints, this is what Jesus Christ is looking for, and I think this is something that we should be really, really seeking and saying, God, I want to abide in you because I know, watch this, something good comes out of this that cannot be taken away. Look at verse 5. He says, I am the vine. He says, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. He says, for without me you can do nothing. I love this. I wrote down this verse and the the, the thing that I wrote down next to this this verse is a promise. Promise. God is promising us. If we abide in him and he abides in us, 
that we will bear much fruit. That we will do it. By His Spirit, this is a promise that He's making to us. And so, after a while, you begin to see whether a person is abiding or not by what you see going on in their life, both internally and how God is using them externally. For us, we have to realize that this is a promise and this is something that he would do. And I love this because he doesn't just say that you're going to bear fruit. He says you're going to bear what? Much fruit. That you're going to bear much fruit. And so for all of us, we want to take time to really embrace this and accept this as a fact and as a promise that this is something that God is not just thinking about doing. This is something he is going to do in my life. Amen? And so he goes down and he says in verse 6, he says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withered. There's no way that God is going to keep us connected if we're not doing what we've been connected to do. Think about it. We're connected for a purpose. We're connected for a purpose. And what I know God does not want, and he said it here, he's not going to tolerate withering saints forever. Or fruitless, I should say, fruitless saints forever. We can't just hang around, no fruit. We dead on the vine and we just chilling. Come to church, no fruit. Pastor, these seats are very comfortable. Take up space. Can I talk about this or is this too much? Well, I'm saying because this is what happens in church. All over the planet. We think we can just stay on the vine, but we don't produce any kind of fruit at all. Jesus Christ is saying right here that it's our job to produce fruit. And it should, this is what should happen. And for all of us, and to, saints, this, this has to be an expectation. Why am I here? What am I doing for Christ? How am I being a blessing? How am I letting Christ work in my life? We come, people come to church, they sit there every week. What you dealing with? Oh, same thing I was dealing with 20 years ago. You know nothing changed. <laughs> but I'm here, praise the Lord. At some point in time, we need to get good and saved, good and delivered, good and fruitful. Let God start using us. Amen. Turn around and start smacking the devil. He's been smacking you. Turn around and start smacking. Can I have an amen up in here? Saints, listen, this is what happens. But we think that Jesus is just going to sit back and just tolerate it forever. I, I, I said this. I said, love does not look beyond your faults. It helps you to overcome them. Love doesn't just sit back and say, okay, I know that, you know, they all messed up. We'll just leave them there. Praise God. Love says, I love you enough that I'm not going to leave you like that. Can I come in and change you? I want to make you fruitful. I want you to be a blessing. I want to do something through you and in you that cause you to be a blessing. It may not be what somebody else is doing, but you're going to let my fruit will begin to abound in your life. Saints, this is something that we have to, and we're going to see as we tie this up here in the end, we have to allow God to do. 
We have to have this as an expectation because it says here, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Abiding produces fruitfulness. If we choose not to abide with God, a sign that we're not doing it is a lack of fruit. He says these individuals are cast out. He says and withered and he says that they are burned. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. This is so powerful. Because now he tells me that not only do I have a responsibility to abide in God, abide in Christ, but I have to allow God's word to abide in me. When we allow God's word to abide in us, what we do is, his words begin to direct our desires, which results in answered prayers. Listen to what I'm saying. When the word abides in you, and it abides in me, then what God is doing is He's changing our heart, He's changing our mind, He's changing our will through His Word abiding in us. And then now, His Word or will begins to direct our desires. His Word or will begins to direct our desires. And when this happens, we stop praying just selfish prayers. When this starts happening, we stop praying just worldly prayers. When this starts happening, watch this, we begin to pray word-directed prayers. His, because His Word is, is abiding in us. This is important because, and I've said this to you all before, but, but I want to, and I know you guys will agree with me on this, aren't you so glad that God didn't answer every one of your prayers? Don't make me shout up at here. Don't make me start running through this church. Saints, I am so glad that, especially when I first got saved, and I started praying prayers like, Lord, wipe that person out. Kill that person on my job. <laughs> I'm playing their job. But I did pray subtle. I, you know, I didn't use those exact words. I prayed like it sure would be nice if you blessed them by moving them across the country somewhere else. Sure would be nice if they just happened to pull their hamstring so I can get back in the game, Lord. That would be a blessing. Since what happens is we, we, we pray and a lot of it is, is, is from a selfish position. But when the word begins to abide in you, what happens is God's prayers, God's word begins to direct your prayer. And now you're praying prayers that are, that are inspired by God through his word. And what happens is you begin to see an answer to prayer. Why? Because your heart is changing. It's aligning with the will of God. And now you're not just praying your will. You're praying his will that has been united together with his desire. And his desire starts to become what? Your desire. And then you see it. And what does that do? It causes faith to begin to spring up. But at the end of the day, it's not just what you want. It's what he's wanting through you and for you and is willing to, to, to provide as you've aligned yourself through his word. And so it should be an expectation that as we, the word of God, if we abide in Jesus and his word begins to abide in us, that now we're seeing answers to prayer in our lives. And that's when 
your Christianity really becomes fun. Lord, do this. Pow. Lord, can you do that? Boom. God, you start moving. And it becomes simple. Your, your walk with Christ. Your, your walk with Christ. Well, saints, what happens for a lot of people, we haven't got out of that position. And that's the reason why sometimes we're struggling even when it comes to answers to prayer. He says, if my word abides in me, in you, he says, if I abide in you, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And then he says this, and I love it. He says, by this, my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Do you know that fruitfulness is a sign of discipleship? That's what he's saying. Fruitfulness is a sign of discipleship. That you're abiding in God. He's abiding in you. And at the end of the day, when you bear fruit, it glorifies the Father. When you bear fruit, when, when God is producing something in you, it glorifies Him. Because He's the only one that could have done it for you. And when, and when God starts to use you as an instrument in His hand, it glorifies Him. Because everyone knows, and you know, that it was God who did it. Not you. God is glorified when you become fruitful you know people when they see you and they hadn't seen you in a long time and then now you're blessed married god doing stuff in your life and you, you look good the bags aren't under your eyes anymore your eyes don't, are, are, are they're white now not yellow anymore and you don't look toe up from the floor up and they say man what happened to you you say it was nothing but god look what god has done in my life well that glorifies him it glorifies God. When people look around and they say, I know it had to be God to change you. <laughs> because nobody could have changed you. You are a miracle. My eyes have seen strange things. Who's glorified in that? God is glorified. God gets a person off drugs. Gets them delivered from all kinds of demons. When God comes in and cleanses our mind, cleanses our mind and, and heals us and delivers us and, and puts us on the path. And he begins to cause us to change from the inside out. And then he begins to use us uh, for, uh, for his glory to affect changing people's lives. It glorifies God. The devil hates it. He doesn't like it. Because you can't argue with the results. He doesn't know what to do when God gets a hold of you and starts really using you in a dynamic way, changing you from the inside out. It confuses the devil. It bothers him because he wants us just to come to church, sing songs, and leave out of this place the same way in which we came without any change and just to be some religious people that come to church and never let God do something on the inside. But I come to serve notice on the devil this afternoon that we are going to have a fruitful church. Can I have an amen? We are going to remain fruitful. Can I have an amen in this place? And we're going to have fruitful people. And what happens is at the end of the day, God is glorified. God is glorified. 
when your marriage is restored. He's glorified when your relationship with your children is restored. He's glorified when you really got some joy on the inside. He's glorified when you got some peace in your heart and in your life. He's glorified in this. And he says, and so shall you be my disciples. This is a sign of discipleship. And this is why it's so important that we bear fruit. And that we yield to God and we abide and say, Lord, here I am. I'm abiding in you. And you're abiding in me. I can do nothing without you. God, produce in me what you want to produce. God, produce through me what you want to produce. God, my life is in your hands. I belong to you, Lord. I want to be fruitful. I want to multiply so that people will know that I really am a disciple. Well, we thank you for tuning in today. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. If you would like to contact us for a copy of today's program, we'd love to hear from you. Copies are available on CD by simply calling or writing to us. And if you would like to visit our website, we even stream our services live right there at thewellchurch.net. You can reach us toll-free at 800-374-9204. That's 800-374-9204. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. And again, you can find out more about us at our website, as well as take advantage of resource materials available there, and stream our services live, thewellchurch.net. Follow Napoleon Kaufman on Twitter at Twitter at Napoleon Kaufman. And again, our toll-free phone number is 800-374-9204. That's 800-374-9204. We do thank you for joining us today, and trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Kaufman.